This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by Blue Land. Did you know that uh, about 5 billion, billion? That's a de- I checked that because that's a lot. Plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away every year. And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy. We're shipping around all this water using fuel when we don't have to. Every year, Americans throw away 25% more trash from Thanksgiving to New Year. This year, maybe turn the New Year's resolution into action that makes a difference by switching to Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. It's a simple idea. They have refillable cleaning products. They have a nice design. I have them in my home. It looks nice on your counter. You fill the reusable bottles with water, drop in the Blue Land tablets, wait for them to dissolve, and you never have to grab bulky, heavy cleaning supplies on your grocery run ever again. And refills, because they're small and you don't have to ship a bunch of water across the country, starts at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. From cleaning sprays to hand soap, toilet bowl cleaner, and laundry tablets, Laundry tablets, everybody, you know what I mean. All Blue Land products are made with clean ingredients that you can feel good about. Blue Land is trusted in over a million homes, including, yeah, mine. Blue Land has a special offer for listeners right now. You can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss it. Blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. Again, blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. Welcome to Dear Hank and John. Or as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John, yep. do you know why teachers fart, uh, but only when there's just uh, one single student in the room? No. Because when that happens, they're private tutors. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks very much. I, I don't know him. why that one I got, got it, me. everybody. I- it wasn't a good joke, but it well, got me yeah, for whatever I've, reason. I've been I've been doing stand up comedy for the last week, so my oh, delivery is very good. That's right. Your your timing and your pacing have gotten better. Yeah. So now, like, are you in that situation that like Mike Birbiglia is in, where he can like say something to me, and if he wants it to be funny, it'll be funny regardless of whether it's funny. Yeah, that's like it's like a little spell that certain comedians can cast. I don't think I can do that, but I am in like take tell jokes all the time mode. Yeah. Uh, that's great. I love it, man. I want you to continue to be a stand-up comic, and I want to be your opening act. But I don't want to be like a like a comedian <laughs> opening act. I want to be like a real downer. Like, yeah, I really set, like the, the, set the mood. Be like, yeah, look, wanna, we're gonna have a good time tonight. But first, but not yet. This not world yet. is not just. Now we're gonna start out with the Harvey essay from the Anthropocene Reviewed. <laughs> that sounds great. Actually, I I love to go on tour with you again. That would too. That would be so fun. I miss doing it. Um, Hey, I think uh, I get to announce something today. (gasps) Oh, I know what it is. I don't think you do. Do I not know what it is at all? It's that the Turtles All the Way Down movie, I think, is going to come out. And I'm going to be at the uh, SCAD TV. Okay, that's the thing that exists. It's a TV festival. I'm going to be there with Hannah Marks, the director they, of the they movie. They named it SCAD. Yeah, I think they named it SCAD because it's maybe at the Savannah College of Art and Design, but it oh, might be okay. in, in Atlanta. It's in Georgia. SCAD is is right close to a lot of words that I don't love. 
where the SCAD TV Fest is TV in Savannah, Fest. it okay. looks like. And so and go Savannah. to the SCAD TV Fest, get your tickets, oh. get your pass, come see me. It'll okay. be fun. I think you get to see part of the movie. And oh, but not the whole movie. I don't actually know, Hank. John's got an announcement. He does not know the contents of the announcement. Dude, I found this out 45 seconds ago from Peyton, our TikTok colleague. Yeah. And she was like, are you doing this? And I said, yes, but I don't think it's been announced. And she was <laughs> like, well, here are the tickets. So it's announced enough happening. for you. Yeah, great. Um, okay. And, and the most exciting thing is that the Turtles All the Way movie is going to come out. It's this is a book out. that I wrote in 2017. So many of you have been wow, kind about it and ago. generous about it. And they made a movie. The movie is incredible. Um, but for complicated reasons involving movie studios yeah. and whatnots, it's taken a while to come out, but it's yeah. finally coming out. I mean, like, I don't know if I can say this, but John just sent me a link to the movie and I got to watch it. How was it? It's great. Yeah, great. It's very, very uh, pokey in the feelsies, funny in times. It's great. I think it's the best. I don't know. I really love it. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to judge. I, I don't want to like pick a favorite child. It features but I love it. features a video from Master of Microscopes, James Weiss from yes. Journey to the Microcosmos. Very yes, cool. Journey to the Microcosmos plays a surprisingly large role in the film. <laughs> um, there's also a bunch of Nerdfighter in references. There's. Yeah. Um, I won't I won't spoil the best one, but there's one that will absolutely make you burst into tears. Oh gosh. Yeah. All right, Hank, let's answer some questions from our listeners if that's okay. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Let's start with this one from a six-year-old listener. Uh-huh. Uh, I think this person is anonymous, but they wrote in and said, Why do people have butts? Oh. Uh there's a bunch of reasons. Depends on what you mean. Uh there's two different butts, which yes. I, I think that people people don't get this. Yeah. Yes. There's the there's the part of the butt where the poop comes out. Yep. And we call that the butt, but that's not the yep. butt. That's not the butt. We nope. call that the butt, but that's not the butt. Right. That's the butt hole. Yep. And then there's the butt, which is two big, two big uh, lumps of muscle and flesh. And in your opinion, that's the butt. That's the butt. That's what okay. you picture when you hear butt. Yeah. Yeah. Would you include the crack in that? The crack is like a donut hole. It is a what now? A negative. It's a negative space. So like a like the. So you have a donut and there's a hole in the middle yep. of the donut, but there uh-huh. but the hole is not a part of the donut. It's yep. a, it is a shape that is created by the donut. The crack is a shape that is created by the butt. Respectful disagree. Um, really? What? Why? I think the, Does, do you think the butt crack exists? Yeah, I think the butt crack exists. I don't even think that's a particularly controversial statement. I think, yeah, well, I think if the, you asked a hundred Americans, donut, does the butt I, crack <laughs> exist? A hundred Americans would say yes. But, but the hole in the donut also exists. Y- yeah, but it's not a right. physical thing. Like you can't put it in your mouth. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> if you want to go there, I don't think we should. We but should. I think that bolsters my argument. <laughs> At any rate. I think that the butt is everything. I think the butt includes the butthole. You think the butt includes the butthole? Absolutely. I, I disagree. No, that's part of the butt. Nope. It's all, all all part of the butt. Everything. The hips are part of the butt. It, the butt extends well, if the from butt, the look, hips all the way back and includes everything in that area. But that's not in any way. It's not helping answer the question. An answer to I the question. I can answer the question, why does the butthole exist very easily? Which is this. Yeah, no, but yeah. that's not the question. The question is, why, why do people have butts? Yeah. So 
So uh, because if you look at like, so we need muscles to move our bodies yep. around. And right. uh, a- as we went upright from being sort of like bent over and walking on all fours, we needed a sort of special set of muscles. And the the sort of optimal way for those muscles to work looks like a butt. Oh, like you would design it that way if you could make us from scratch. I don't know about that, but as as if you if you start out with the things working on all fours, uh huh, and you you're like, okay, we need this thing to be on two legs. Yeah, you would get a butt if you if, if you were to design that change optimally, you end up with a butt. That's interesting, and it, and it so is. is, and there it is any I would that... argue it is the place where the two legs come together at the top. Right. And so butt is part of the legs, which we've been over this. We've been over this. And most of my physician friends agree with you, although interestingly, some disagree with you. So this is not something where all the doctors have settled an opinion. (laughs) I had a conversation Uh, with uh, some folks who use uh, weights uh, to get strong. And and they agree that it is also part of the legs because there's uh, there's uh, you do butt on leg day. Yeah, you covered on leg day, yeah. for sure. Now, some people have their own special butt day, but most people covered on leg day. Yeah. Okay. That's actually this what that not... U2 song is about. It, you, you think it's his accent. It sounds like beautiful day, but he's saying, it's a butterful day, because it's very full of butts. God. that's See, now that's not funny. No, it would have killed on stage. Did you use that joke on stage? It killed on stage. Yes, absolutely. You used that? I, that very, Wait. Yeah, no, I had, I had that one in my show. I wrote that joke years ago. Yeah. And and so I, it just happened to... No, John. No, I did not. Oh, okay. I was like, because if that joke killed on stage, <laughs> I am deeply concerned about your material that didn't land. <laughs> I think you might have had the most generous audience in the history of the world. <laughs> it's butterful. I don't. I listen. I don't dislike it as a pun. It's just more of a visual pun. I think. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's not great. Is what I'm saying. I agree. People have butts so that we can stand. Did we explain why you answer. sound different? Oh right, I sound different because I'm recording on my phone, and I'm recording on my phone because my computer has rejected my microphone. Yeah. And Hank thinks this is part of some broader failure of mine. I do. But I don't agree. I think I'm I, fine. Well, I'm doing okay. As part of this conversation, I'm 46. I, I'm not a Kelsey brother. Okay, I can't have a fancy what? camera setup with and looking really handsome with my perfect beard is, and staring into the could. camera and having excellent audio we quality. Okay, that. I'm not a Mbim Bam brother. We all right, I'm not that. a professional podcaster. We, I'm a green brother, and that means that I'm everything is going to be a little dubious, a little suboptimal. I I agree that we're not going to get there with you. Uh, where we get to have a video podcast where there's good video. I think we could get there, but I think we'd have to have somebody come in and, and install it. Yeah. I'd like to have a video podcast with you. That sounds fun. Oh, well, that's great news because I would also love for our podcast to have a video element. I think a bigger concern uh, yeah. is that I I knew this in my head, but I, di- I had never said it out loud, that you edit video on a trackpad on a laptop. Yeah, how else are you going to do it? With a number of tools. I have a device, John. No. Do you know about my device? I have a device. I do. You got that little you got that little scrolly thing. Now you can edit a Vlogbrothers video in less time than it takes you to record a Vlogbrothers video. <laughs> but I true. enjoy I my Tuesday mornings. I like yeah. I write the video on at, on Monday night and then on Tuesday morning I wake up, I record between 7:40 and 8:30 and then I edit for 3 hours <laughs> even though it's a 4-minute video. I'm not worried about your time. And all it has is jump cuts. I'm worried about your fingers. I'm worried about your forearms. I'm worried about your repetitive stress injuries. 
No, those are great. Are you kidding? That's the only place where I'm healthy. I've signed my name 700,000 times. I've, I yeah, feel I great in the beefy, elbow. Beefy arms. Yeah. No, I'm ripped. I'm like a rock climber. I'm like Alex Honnold. <laughs> you know what, Hank? Let's answer this question from Dylan. Okay. Uh, this one says, dear strangers, I've listened to talk for over a hundred hours. I'm a delivery driver for a, a pizza chain and I deliver to a lot of houses and a lot of those houses have animals and these animals sometimes run out when the people answer the door. When an animal runs out, what do I do as a pizza delivery driver? Do I go after the animal? Do I stand there and hope that it just like comes back? Do I throw the pizza into the house and run back to my car? All dubious advice is appreciated. Chilling like a villain and hoping to make a kill in Dylan. I think you pretend it didn't happen. No, yeah, you just let the ad uh, let it go. Yeah, and then if they're like, "Hey, did you see my dog?" You're like, "Yeah, I think so. I saw a dog leave this house, but I don't know for sure if it's your dog." Do you I think you get real semantic with them? People love that when their dog is lost. I think you got to get good at lasso. Oh, now that's pretty good. Now that I'll tell you what, if you want to double your tip. <laughs> lasso my dog as he runs out of the house. Yeah, you got to have one of those stiff ropes just on your belt loop. Yeah, Just pop it off and chihuahua. Yeah, I think you have to... Now, do you have to say yeehaw when you're... When 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 the lasso is exiting your hand? You know, when you're doing the throw, do you have to say yeehaw? I don't think it's a law. Or can you say chihuahua? Chihuahua! Because I think it's best if you... Say the name of the animal as you're doing it for sure. Like my dog Potato is a Legoto Romagnolo, which wow, I know that sounds like um, a rope. It's but I, that's my point. If you, if if Potato's running out the door and the delivery driver says Legoto Romagnolo and throws that lasso, I mean that is very impressive. Especially if you catch it on the ring cam and you can send it in as a TikTok. Yes, yeah. it's going to blow up on Reddit. This And then you got to be like, look, in exchange for having lassoed your dog, I do need you to email me the file. Right. And then you become a professional lassoing escaped dogs TikTok influencer, which I bet is a job. <laughs> at this point, yeah. I mean, it's at least, at least for six months. As long as those videos last longer than a minute, you're going to get some serious <laughs> ad revenue. <laughs> maybe it's just maybe uh, it's just good for the, the company. Uh, and then you're going to add so much value through the dog oh, right. lassoing that they'll promote you to owner and they'll just give you the Domino's company. will make you the CEO of Domino's. Yeah. They'll be like, well, this is the guy we've been waiting for. This is the for. move. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But then you'll find out that you don't actually want to be the CEO of Domino's. That like, job kind of sucks. You know, I started out lassoing dogs and now I just I, manage people all day. I'm always in meetings. I haven't gotten to use my lasso in years, and I am one of the world's leading experts in dog lassoing. Yeah. Yeah. Though yeah, I do like, I, I also like happen. the idea of turning the dog over and just hog tying it, just like right around the feet. You're like, and we're done. Oh, like the, like, yeah, right. I don't know if people have, <laughs> Stop the I don't clock. know if people have been to rodeos, but that's what happens. Yeah, that might have been a Montana specific <laughs> joke, but I liked it. Okay. Thanks. Hey, I got another question for you, Hank. Okay. All right. This question comes from Anonymous, Hank, who writes, Hi, guys. I'm turning 30 at the end of this year, and on the whole, I feel pretty okay about it. I mean, I'd rather <laughs> turn 30 than not turn 30, right. you know? Yeah. But this birthday has got me thinking, have most people been 30? I don't mean most people alive right now. I mean, like, all the humans that have ever lived. Did most of them get to be 30? Now that I've thought about this, I can't get the question off my mind, so any dubious answers are greatly appreciated. 30 soon and thriving, hopefully anonymous. Well, interestingly, most people on Earth uh, 
don't quite know or are close to. It's very close, but maybe like less than somewhat close to, but less than 50% of people on earth don't know what it's like to be 30 currently, which is wild. The the median human age at the moment is around 30. But it is going up. Yeah, yeah. I think. It is definitely going up. The answer to the question is not only have most people never been 30, most people have probably never been 20. Yeah. I think most people never got to like 15. So if you're 21, you've outlived the median human. Yeah. So we think the median human lived to be around 19. Now, this is because, or or it could have been 15. Like the most common he- age at death. Yeah. Or no, well, the most common. The most common age at death was all, always, until like a few years ago, it was, you know, between zero and five. Yeah, or between zero and one, yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, the most common age of death historically is early childhood. But in terms of how long the median life lasted, probably teens, because we lost just under half of people before the age of five. And then Mm -hmm. five to 15 is another kind of bad time historically. 15 to, say, 45, a little bit better. This is actually one of the reasons why tuberculosis was had such a unique place in human society classically is because it was called the robber of youth. It was seen as the disease Mm -hmm. that struck when diseases weren't supposed to strike because it mostly killed young adults. Like it mostly killed people in the so-called prime of life. Mm -hmm. And there's this ongoing myth, Hank, that drives me crazy where people say the only reason why life expectancy is longer than it used to be is because it used to be that like almost half of kids died and now child death is much more rare. Yeah. Which like, first off, that's good That's news. a contributor. That's a, yeah. It's a that's big, a good, that's it, a, <laughs> it's the lion's share uh-huh. of why life is longer. And I would argue- Great. Great. <laughs> like super Seems underrated. Good. Don't yeah. love child death. Uh, but also- uh, your median life expectancy at age 10 was significantly lower than it is now, yeah. 20, 30, 40, 50, Everywhere. 60. The there up. was no time of life that it wasn't worse yeah. in every way in 1800. Yeah, no, I, I mean, uh, the, until very recently, like within the last 10 or 20 years, the most common age at death for a human was between zero and five. And, and right. when it switched... It didn't switch to like between five and 10. It switched to like between 80 and 85 is now on earth the most common age at death, which is not how we right. think. Now, of course, there's lots of people dying all over the place throughout that entire lifespan. And there's lots of people in their 60s, 70s who are dying. But like worldwide, the most common age at death, certainly not the majority of the deaths, but the most common age at death is in the 80s. Yeah. And that's a, that's a pretty big shift all of a sudden. To have it go from zero to 80. Would you take that? Take what? 80. I'd take 80. I wouldn't have taken 80 last year. <laughs> really? Yeah, no, last year, well, my, like my- first, first off, that was your first mistake. Well, <laughs> no, because in the- in Dude, the, that's a great, that's a great joke. <laughs> Let's pause and appreciate how dark that joke is. Thank you. That joke is dark as hell. <laughs> Um, but the, 
but but like the most common age of death for someone like me in my country is in the yeah. 90s now i understand so that I ta- Hank, but i'm saying like you take a guarantee you take a guaranteed 80 all day because it's guaranteed yeah i'll take a risk until i have a bunch of risk factors that make it less likely that i'm gonna make it to 90 <laughs> and that was also a dark i joke. would I would um, so I would super take eighty right now. I would take eight. I would pay for eighty. I would, I would climb. I well, would climb course. over mountains for eighty. <laughs> yeah, um, I I think you'll live to be eighty. I think there's a I'm, good chance. I'm kind of counting on it personally because I'm planning to live to be eighty, yeah. and I'd like to go like I'd like you to have a solid two years of mourning yeah before I go I think I think we yeah. should lay I think I, we should lay down in our hospice beds next to each other podcast until oblivion hits <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then the podcast will have been called Dear John and Hank for so long that people will have forgotten its original name yeah we won't remember either uh, we'll yeah. be like we'll be like the last people doing. It's like the equivalent of being the last person doing a radio drama <laughs> in the 1940s <laughs> style. Yeah, it'll be like 2060, and we'll still be making pods. Mm-hmm. And people will be like, "Man, this is amazing! Like these guys still sound like I love Lucy." Yeah. And the really weird thing is that Leon Musk will actually be a bigger deal than Elon Musk in that in 2060, uh, because mm. we will have created. I'm going to take the under we will on have that. Created him in a laboratory, <laughs> and he. He he will oh, be very, yeah. he will be very powerful. Like could you could you, like yeah. could you imagine? Could you imagine just a a billionaire who uh uh with with just tremendous influence over a lot of humans who just cares about Earth, just wants to make. He's just hardcore pro he Earth, but he's also a little bit anti other places. Yeah. I mean, I could see that going wrong. I mean, the problem <laughs> is that no amount like yeah. that amount of power shouldn't be invested in any individual. And I can say that as an individual with a lot of power, I feel yeah. like, because like I have way too much, way too much. It's not healthy. It's not good for me. It's not good for the world. And like I have, what do you think? Like one billionth the power of Elon Musk? Well, John, you can make it go away real quick. I can't make Elon Musk's no, power you go can away. Make, you can me, definitely make your power go away. I know I've thought about it, but then I'm like, oh, but I like all the, it. And all the all the easy ways, you don't come out reputationally neutral. <laughs> oh, you mean like I could make it go away by like committing a major? Yeah, crime. you could do you could do some crimes. You could you could yeah. have a bunch of opinions that you don't actually have. Yeah. Ooh, I could try to have new opinions. Yeah, you could. That's what Elon Musk did. Yeah, you could get a whole new audience really fast. That's true, and a, and a way and worse. They seem so nice. <laughs> You know, it would be hilarious if I was like, if one day I came on the podcast and I was like, y'all have thought about it a lot and I support Milton Keynes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that might do it on its I, own. I was trying to remember what economist that is. <laughs> <laughs> the worst one of them all. <laughs> Is there an economist whose last name is Keynes or something like that? Yeah, John Maynard yeah. Keynes. And there's also one whose first name is Milton, Milton Friedman. Oh, so that's you weren't okay. far I get off. it now. That's why they yeah. named it that you were right town. On, you were on track, okay. man. Yeah. Is that why that's such a bad town? Because it's just economists? Yeah. Um, it is actually, it's like a planned city, oh. you know? 
But so is we need more of those. And this place John, rocks. why don't we make more cities? Well, we planned we planned Milton Keynes really poorly. Yeah, but we so but we've learned know. better now, and we can build the yeah. line in yeah, Saudi we could. Arabia. I'm, I'm in favor of it. John, this next question it comes from Audrey, who asks, "Hi, Hank and John, John and Hank, I need some help." with an issue that is more serious. I'm 26 years old, and I have a problem drinking. I know I should say this to my therapist, but for some reason, I'm embarrassed to even tell him. When I start to drink at a party with friends, I often, not always, but many times, seem to go overboard. It's hurt a lot of important relationships in my life, and I don't even know where to start. If there's alcohol around in a social setting, I cannot help but have some. I don't feel the need to drink all the time, but I know I can't keep this up. If you have any advice or suggestions, I'm overwhelmed with some shame and guilt, and I would appreciate any help you can offer. Sorry, it's a little sad and dark, but I feel mighty lost, and I just want to stop disappointing people. It's really hard. Thank you, Audrey. Yeah, so I think, you know, Mental health disorders like substance abuse use disorders are often really highly stigmatized, Audrey. And some of the shame and guilt that you feel is because of disappointing people you love. And some of it is probably also because, you know, you're going through something that's highly stigmatized. That's like so stigmatized that you're afraid to even tell the person in your life who you look to for mental health support about it. Yeah, who like literally cannot legally tell anybody. Yeah, but that's like, that's the social order's fault, right? Like, not to make everything about tuberculosis, but like, TB is the same way a lot of times. Like, people are are, are really afraid to disclose their, their, um, even their symptoms because they know what it might mean for their social standing. Uh, And also, it is really hard, as you say. Uh, I would really encourage you to tell your therapist, this is somebody who can't. Uh, reveal anything about you or this uh, somebody who hopefully you can you can trust um, and it's hard work getting sober but I will say in my experience having loved a lot of people in my life who live with substance use problems um, it doesn't tend to get better yeah it doesn't tend to you know you say I know I can't keep this up it, it doesn't tend to go to a good place after that. You know, it tends to get worse and worse and worse and worse and um, until you, you find a bottom, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So I, I would just encourage you to talk to somebody. And um, if it makes sense for you, there are, you know, there are meetings of sober people. There's um, who are, where you can go and you can talk about sobriety. And some of those meetings are AA meetings and other of those meetings are involve other organizations. Um, but you know, that's, that's where it starts. I think for most of the people I know and love who are sober today, um, it, it happened because they made uh, that commitment, but also because they, they're in a community of, of sober people who can share the, the journey with Mm. them. I think you can, I think you can get well. And I think you, you know, the first step literally and figuratively is recognizing that you you have a problem and that's where you are and now it's time to take the next step. So I hope you do that today. Yeah, I, I think that the thing that you said in there um, is that like you recognize that it's had a, like a negative impact on people around you and like, yeah. that, like at that point, it's a problem and like you need to talk to people about the problem. Yeah. Yeah, but I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I just think today's the day. Yeah. 
And and if you want to if you want to get sober the weirdest way, you can get chemotherapy. And now I cannot enjoy alcohol for some reason. Really, I hate it. Every time I have drunk since I finished chemo, I'm like, ugh. Yeah, I'm. I, I don't. Uh, there's a great there's a great Seth Rogen joke that I think about a lot, where he said the thing about alcohol is that the marketing is so good, you forget that it sucks. <laughs> the marketing is so good. I will look at a marketing I will look is at incredible. A bottle of whiskey, even. Having had six drinks since chemo and not enjoyed it a single time, I'll look at a bottle of whiskey and be like, I desperately want that elixir of life. I want that potion in my body. And then I put it in and I'm like, wow, this tastes just like the poison they gave me. Uh, This this feels like the the time I I got poisoned professionally. Part of of what's so weird is that everybody responds to different drugs differently. Mm -hmm, Of course. Yeah, yeah. And- and the way Audrey's responding to it, of course, like is very me. different yeah, from, yeah. from that yeah. way. Um, but yeah, it's so, you know, for uh, it's so impossible to say no to for people who are in that position, yeah. right? Like, and I know it must be impossible because I see what they give up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a personal thing for me. And, and yeah, it's just, it's hard. But I will say like, there there is hope. You know, I, I know yeah, a lot of people um, who are, who have really fulfilling lives in sobriety. So anyway, I wish you the best. Okay, Hank, we're going to transition away from serious stuff to Zayden's question. Zayden is nine um, and listens to the podcast with Zayden's moms and says, I have a science question. When the leaves on trees change color in the fall, some trees change color on one side before the other. So one side is orange and the other side is still green. Why and why only some trees? Sincerely, Zayden. Zayden, I have wondered this for years and I hope Hank can tell us. I mean, it's probably microclimate. So it's probably like like there is something that is making one side of the tree warmer or making one side of the tree see more light. See is not the right word, but like be hit by more light. And there's, I've seen an example of this where there's like a tree growing near a street lamp and the air Mm. and like the area around the street lamp is warmer. And so like the tree is like fall is everywhere except for here. And it's not quite fall here yet, but it's fall on the whole rest of the tree. it's so warm. Yeah. And I, so I, I, th- wow. I think that's what it's – and so like if you're nearer to a building, that building can get warmed by the sun and then that side of the tree will feel the radiation from the building. Um, that is that is when I have seen it. It's usually to do with warmth rather than light. It's a fire that burns with more heat than light. I don't know what it is. That's a Shakespeare – there's a Shakespeare line. Hope? A fire that burns with more light than heat. And I've tried to use that in every single book I've ever written. I've inserted it into all, I even inserted it into my book about tuberculosis. And I was like, no, it doesn't work. I feel like you wanted to have a book called More Light Than Heat. Like that was your original. I did. I still, I want to call every book I write More Light Than Heat. I want to call this book about tuberculosis More Light Than Heat. It's a great title. Yeah. I mean, that, are you kidding? A book about tuberculosis called More Light Than Heat, that's going to sell millions it could also of be, copies. It could also be a, a, the, the, a great name for a book about the history of uh, artificial lighting which has been the process of getting to more light than heat. Now our lights use there you way, go. It produced way more light than heat. And originally they produced way more heat than light because we were just burning. Stuff. There you go, Hank. Now that maybe that's my next major project. I'll do it with you. And I'll, and I'll write jokes. I'll write the joke parts. 
I love it. I love it. What I love most about that is that I've only written one book with a Shakespeare title and it sold 30 million copies. <laughs> and I think if I wrote another book with a Shakespeare title that was about the um, evolution of artificial light to develop more light than heat, it would sell another 30 million Absolutely. copies. People and I would, would finally be themselves. happy. <laughs> I would finally feel fulfilled. I would feel like I did something in this world. My psychiatrist yesterday was like, I hope you take some time uh, to just, you know, recognize that you have helped people. And I was like, shut up. God, yeah. it's so annoying. I don't, I'm, I'm going to take zero seconds to do that. I was, I was hanging out with a friend of mine in San Diego and her dad is like an emergency, like an ER doctor, like an emergency situation doctor. Yeah unlike me, somebody who actually helps and, people. And uh, he's a fan of mine. And while we were no. hanging out, texted her and said, it occurs to me that he may have saved more people than me. And no I was way. like, that's not no, how d- that No disrespect, works, Hank, but that's not how it works. <laughs> I don't know what you no. mean. <laughs> no, every ER doctor, even the worst one, has saved more people <laughs> than you. <laughs> ER doctor in the first, in the first like, day on the job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you know who didn't get called into work on March 8th, 2020? <laughs> Hank. <laughs> I talked to a guy, I sit next to a guy on the plane home and he works at a medical equipment supplier. Uh, and yep. I was like, essential. I was like, so, so did you work there during COVID? And he's like, I just started. And I was like, how did that go? And he was like, I lived in New York City suddenly and surprisingly for six months and I didn't see my family. Wow. Wow. And I had a four year old daughter. And he was like, What do you do? And I was like, Do you want to see my our our you want to see our analytics on SciShow Kids? Mostly TikTok. Um <laughs> it's like going through the analytics report. And I was like, here's what a CTR is. Best, I'm probably best known for telling people not to eat yeah. grass. It saved a lot of lives. Have you ever wondered where the candle wax goes? <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> Do you know that corn is a grass? You burn it. Do you know that if you put a hyperoxygenated fluid into someone's rectum, it can actually oxygenate their blood? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do for a living. <laughs> I inform people about something that someone else yeah. learned. Air is made out of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine sticking your hand out of, the, out of this plane right now. You'd be like, wow, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like stuff. Yeah. That's my job. Right. Yeah. I mostly come up with metaphors to help people understand kind of yeah. high school level chemistry. Uh-huh. Yeah. Imagine the cars. Anyway, that medical butter. device stuff sounds important. Yeah. He's great. It was fun to chat with. Like I was saying to my, my psychiatrist yesterday, like the great, the incredible thing about my job, as opposed to everyone else who does some version of my job, is that there's someone in my life who knows exactly how it feels to have my job. Yeah. And I can talk to that person and I can commiserate with them and empathize with them in a way that I literally can't empathize with anyone else. Mm-hmm. And how just how grateful I am for that and how conscious I am of its fragility. Like that, that there's nothing guaranteed about that. And there was nothing guaranteed. Like it would have been so bad if all that Fault in Our Stars stuff had happened and we hadn't been doing Vlogbrothers. You know what I mean? Like if I'd been like alone in that, it would have been so bad for me. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I like the the parts, especially if you were public on the internet. Right, that's what I mean. 
If the Fault in Our Stars stuff had happened and I hadn't been public on the internet, first off, the Fault in Our Stars stuff probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Secondly, I don't know. It would have been more... My friends who've had similar things happen who aren't on the internet kind of did better than I did. But then again, they're more stable than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I... I uh... It's amazing how long ago all of that was while still being very present in my mind and life. Yeah, I know. I look at those pictures of us and we were just babies, which reminds me that today's podcast <laughs> is belatedly brought to you by brothers. 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 They're underrated. Today's podcast is also brought to you by the negative space between the butt cheeks. It's not which a real part thing. Of your butt. It doesn't it's exist. Part of your butt. It doesn't. It's part of your butt. Tagline. Butt cracks don't exist. That's just not a defensible position. Uh, today's podcast is additionally brought to you by the leaves that change just from oh, the streetlight. Yeah. The leaves that change just from the streetlight, more light than heat. Oh, yeah. And also this podcast is, of course, brought to you by professional dog lassoing. Professional dog lassoing <laughs> TikTok influencer delivery drivers. The best <laughs> hit new thing to hit the internet since the Homestar Runner. So we all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but there are two things that you shouldn't compromise on. One is name brand Dr. Pepper. The off-brand stuff just doesn't hit the same. And another is, of course, your health. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines or their family group chat or the crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally, no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat basically any condition you're searching for. And the typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. So go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash DearHank. ZocDoc.com slash Dear Hank. Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. 
because there will be a world without us. Alice, you can come in. If you have a question, it's actually literally a question answering it podcast. Is. So what is question? your question? Are we doing anything tonight? Are we doing anything tonight? Do you want to do anything tonight? You don't? Then we're not doing anything tonight. Yay! I want to change into my pajamas. She's going to change into her pajamas. Nice. We nice. love to see it. Yes. Thank you for closing the door, Alice. Um, big fan. Big fan of Alice. Oh, my God. So listen, we this... have to get to the all-important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. I'll go first because my news sucks. Okay. I don't know if I talked on the pod about the fact that I bought a player in the January transfer window, but that's neither here nor there. I don't know what that means, uh, but I, I know what it cost. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I guess I'll, I think I did mention it maybe, but I, um, I kicked in a little bit of money to help AFC Wimbledon keep the services of our central defender star, Joe Lewis, who wears the very short shorts. He has the thighs that no shorts can contain. Mm -hmm. And he was going to go back to Stockport County, um, his, his home club where he was on their books and he was on loan to us, which is a thing that happens in England. That's just a weird thing where like... You pay their wages and they come play for you for a little while, but they still belong to the other team. Mm -hmm. And so they were going to recall him and make him a Stockport County player. And Joe was like, "Mm, I'd rather stay at Wimbledon, but that costs some money. And so we worked with the club to make that happen. And now Joe Lewis is a permanent AFC Wimbledon player. That's great. That's very exciting. Uh, I also have to say, Hank, that I've heard, I haven't heard it myself, but I've heard there's a song about that that has me in it as a character. (gasps) You have a song? Uh, it's 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 every whatever it cost it was worth true. it i know that's exactly whatever it cost it was worth it i t- i told sarah this and she was like well i hope you're happy <laughs> and you're like i am i'm very happy i was like i it's been a, it's been a weird it's been a weird week for hank and john doing doing crazy things that their wives are like i guess yeah exactly but at least you're doing stand-up which makes money i'm doing something <laughs> <laughs> i probably made about as much as that costs Last week. <laughs> he probably did, actually. Um, so I just need to go out and do stand-up for a week. But first, I got to get really good at stand-up. So anyway, um, the song is to the tune of Rehab and the first um, by Amy Winehouse. And the first line is they tried to make him go to Stockport. And he said, no, no, no. Nice. Um, anyway. We played the franchise currently playing its trade in Milton Keynes on Tuesday. We cannot beat these guys. We've never ah. been able to beat them. They're in our heads. Ah. Like we it's it's the fact they just treat it differently than we treat it. Like it's I think a lot like a lot of our players are from the academy. They've played for Wimbledon since they were like eight. And they feel the same way we feel, which is that like it's almost unbearable even to have to play them, even to have to like engage in this ridiculousness yeah. of trying to acknowledge their reality as a football club when they 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 aren't, you know, in our opinion, a legitimate football club. They bought their place in the football league. They continue to call themselves MK Dons, even though they have no connection to Wimbledon. And it just it just drives us crazy. And we always play terribly, and we played terribly. We played awful. We were unbelievably poor in the first half. Then we got two red cards in the second oh. half because we can't control ourselves. Like, we, it's just, it's, anyway, it, it was so frustrating. I was so mad. I, I don't get emotionally involved in football results anymore, but I got emotionally involved in this when I really got to the, I got to the bottom of my darkest self and I did not like what I found down there. 
We're playing them again in March, and I've decided to completely change my approach. They're going to be playing at Wimbledon. I'm going to the game. That's oh. the first way I'm changing my approach. I'm no longer wow. like pretending this doesn't happen or it doesn't matter. It okay. does happen. It does matter. We are going to play them, and I'm going to the game with my body, with some friends, hopefully. Hank, you're welcome if you're available on when March 2nd. March 2nd. I March 2nd. I can't do that. <laughs> it's always a reason why you can't do it. All I ever hear is I can't do that. Well, I go four times a year. Well, let me see. What but I'm you doing. can't. Let me, well, I'm pretty sure I'm doing something on that day. But let All me right. look for let you. Go ahead and take. Thank you. So anyway, uh, we're going to play them again in March. I'm going to treat it completely differently. It is an important game. It does matter. There is no use pretending otherwise. I I don't want to hate them anymore. I just want to treat them as a rival, a rival that shouldn't exist, but a rival. And we just need to move forward and treat it as a rivalry and beat them if we can. Okay, good. I'm going to be in Colorado. All right. That's a good excuse. On vacation. Um, yeah. Mm, mm, that's not as good. <laughs> if it was for work, I'd be all for it. But why don't you just go to vacation in London? Oh, we got a whole plan. I bet you do, but no, it's not as good as the plan in London. Mm. Well, all right, go I'll on. Talk to my son about that. Um, What's the news in Mars? Uh, in the, in Mars news, I mean, there's been big Mars news since we've been gone. Uh, we didn't have an episode, an episode last week, so we missed this. But the helicopter, the it's the it's the it, it, I forgot what it's called. <laughs> my friend, the helicopter that never stops. My friend, the helicopter that never stops, got lost and we couldn't find it. Oh no! Uh, I mean, we knew where it was, but it wasn't talking to us. <laughs> Um, oh, no. It was it was going down to land, and then they lost contact with it, and that could be bad. Now it's got systems so that it can land itself. It doesn't like it's not like we need to be able to talk to it while it lands because obviously we can't. It's many light minutes away, and uh, but then we uh, didn't have connection for with it for a long time. But then they did a thing where they just sort of like shined communication all around it. They were like, okay, let's just like, it's around here somewhere. So we'll like try and just hit everywhere nearby. And it responded and then they found it and now it works again. Are you serious? Yeah. I miss all of this. Yeah. <laughs> so this is all news days. to me. Took two days uh, for, from like losing contact to getting it back. I feel like when you lose something on Mars in the past, when right? you told me that something was lost on Mars, that's it. That's yeah. the, like, you don't, you can't even lose it for three seconds. It, it, it's gone. Yeah, they did long duration listening. Like it goes to sleep it, and it never. Wakes I, up. I love I love this phrase, long duration listening. That's like what that's like what Catherine does <laughs> when I get home from stand up. I'm like, I tell you about my about my whole weird week. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Everyone, I have an update to the Mars news. John is gone now, but mere hours after we recorded that episode, it was released by NASA. That ingenuity after 72 flights and over two years on the surface of Mars has flown its last flight. Uh, it, it sustained damage to the rotor uh, during its 72nd flight. And so it, it no longer can fly. And it did, it did amazing. It did more than we ever could have imagined. Almost three years of time on the Red Planet. It, it flew for the last time on January 18th. So I wanted to send a little update into Tuna. You can to, to cut it in because otherwise that would be uh, weird because many of you will have seen that news. But uh, they did they did get contact back with the helicopter, but it has now flown its final flight 
uh, the first ever powered aircraft on another planet and uh, far exceeding mission goals for Ingenuity, the helicopter. Thanks to all the people and congratulations to the people at NASA and JPL for an amazing addition to our abilities uh, when it comes to exploring other planets. And high five to everybody and pour one out for our little helicopter. Hank, thank you for potting with me. If you want to send us your questions, please do so at hankandjohn at gmail.com. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tunamedish. It's produced by Rosiana Hals-Rojas. Our communications coordinator is Brooke Shotwell. Our editorial assistant is Deboki Trucker-Vardy. The music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't, don't forget, forget to, to be awesome. awesome.